Celeste. Yeah. We're rolling. <laughs> I know, we're rolling. Oh, Our God. first ever reality TV. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I'm like, you know, that's, you, I'm, I can't contain myself. Yeah. I'm gonna, though. I'm gonna stay in this chair. You well, started okay. it. I did. With reality radio. Yeah. It's all, it's all your fault. We just kind yeah. of it came in <laughs> like a thought, you know, yes. and I spit it out and it, it kind of worked. Yes, yes. And it's been great fun. And so we thought, well, you know, reality TV is pretty big and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And so we figured, well, let's just do both then at the same time. Yeah, genius. Yeah. Well, well, Adele, you <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like when we get in the same room and the camera's rolling, the, you know, yeah. the IQ level just rises. Genius us, or idiot? Know? I'm not Whatever. sure. Yeah, we'll see what our viewers say. So, anybody out there in Radio Land, we still value mm -hmm. you as our radio listeners. Yeah. And then those of you who check out YouTube, we have a Frontline Records yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah. And this these programs will be on there and we would really welcome comments uh -huh. you know on YouTube people can do that and, yes and yeah. we would like that and, and and if you just strictly like radio then you know and you happen to be on YouTube just close your eyes right you <laughs> good idea you don't have to look <laughs> so this is our episode numero uno with Frontline Records Rewind Reality TV with Les Carlson our new host, Hello. our fairly new host. You know, it was really Brian Healy's fault that the whole thing got started yeah. with Frontline Records Rewind. He really came to me with this idea of radio because in addition to being the founder and lead singer of Dead Artist Syndrome, he was also an award-winning radio DJ. Wow. He has the voice for it, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's Get that it's there. Yeah. FM. Boomy. Oh, yeah. And so mm. that's how this whole thing started. And so he said... He would do that. He would host. And I said, okay, I'll be executive producer. And then he put a microphone in front of me when we had our very first session. Oh, so then you had to step right up. Ah, yes. And be executive producer and lead uh, actress. Oh, and, you know, some co-host gig. Co-host, yeah. coordinator. It was scary. And then due to illness, last fall, he wasn't available to host um, with us anymore. But Is he okay now? He's doing better. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good. Yeah, he's doing much better. Brian Healy, shout out to you. Yeah, Brian. Yes. But now we have this dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what could be worse than two blondes? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, that. Oh, sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's why we're going to have a guest in on our very first show. You know, kind of break this up a yeah. little bit. And he's a brunette. I, think. I hope. Yeah, I, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so Les, tell the listeners who we've got today. Well, today we have the very renowned Jimmy P. Brown from Deliverance. Yes. And we're excited. And today we're going to cover, Deliverance has a wonderful history on Frontline Records. They do. And Jimmy has new things he's doing, and we're going Great. to talk about that too. And in fact, this is going to, we're going to be here for a while in your living room. So we're going mm -hmm. to have two parts to this show. Okay. All right? Cool. Yeah. So people will get a lot of Deliverance music and catch up with Jimmy Brown on what he's been doing. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Okay, ready? One, two... Okay, on Two, four. Three, four. One more time, one more time. One, two, three. Four. It's been 24 years. I know, I know. One, two, three, four. 
Now this is great. It's a live <laughs> rehearsal. Yes. It's beautiful. You didn't tell me I had to do this. <laughs> know, He's man. telling you now. Memory, man. I put a total memory. How does it play again? He goes. Twenty-four years. My glasses, too. Your glasses are up on your head. Maybe when you throw your head back. Solo, dude. I don't want to play solo, solo. Oh, come on. George, come on. Play solo. We can't hear you. 
presence of my enemies. You still do it wrong. To prepare a tent. After all <laughs> these years. Enemies. Remember? Okay. Enemies. Let's try it again. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Still wrong. <laughs> you anoint my head with oil. My cups running over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. <laughs> and I will dwell That's in bowing. the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> you do your wrong, Hopper. <laughs> Now that's where we need less, because I can't do that. Okay, so I'll hit the other. So here we go. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's great, man. You want to so, do your solo? Oh, yeah. No, no, no we're good. <laughs> no, we're good. That was fun. That was fun. So, so, George, let me clarify here. So you made the same mistake that you made 24 years ago. <laughs> Live and direct on my couch. <laughs> yeah, that enemies. enemies. That's it. It's just a enemies. mistake. That's why they put erasers on pencils, folks. Yeah, there you go. You know. Live that was great. That's fun, guys. Yeah, that's that great. Fun. That's so the fun. first time we've jammed since uh, the Jupiter Six show in uh, 2011 oh, or yeah, 2010. Yeah, you were there when we did that Jupiter Six concert. I, I still remember this song and when we were writing it, and and this is where it, it really God, I think, took over almost this song because obviously it's scripture. So number yeah. one, it's mm -hmm. awesome. It's straight from the mouth of God. Number two. I'll, I'll never forget how easy it was for us to put those those words to music. I mean, Jerry and I pretty much came up with that really mm -hmm. quickly, and it was just like yeah, it, it was flowed. real fast. Yeah. I remember it flowed really well. Like, wow, this is great. And I can only I, I I know all of us in this room and, and who is ever watching. A lot of songs you really labor over them and you re-record them and you redo them and this and that. Flowing. And, uh, but yeah. that I remember was probably one of the easiest songs ever written for me at least, yeah, and probably was. for Jimmy too, because it, it, it was just something that just happened easily. And I, I guess I can only attribute that to God.
All right. This show is brought to you by Frontline Records. Yes, and all of the music. Yes. By all of the Frontline Records artists. Yes, yes. Can be found on FrontlineRecords.us. FrontlineRecords.us? Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Go for it. Yes. So here we are, and now we're sterile because we brought it down to nothing. But this is the first, <laughs> this is the first video show you're here. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I've been wanting to say to you, you got a great voice. Oh, thanks. I've been listening, and I'm like, wow. But, I, but like the old stuff? Everything. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> but thank you, though. Like Coming it. from you, man, that's like, like ridiculous, because you're like amazing, dude. <laughs> I like it. And, when I, and, and as I listened, I was going, okay, now, I, I know that he's listened to Jeff Tate before. Oh, yeah, Tate was a big guy. And, and sure. okay. Bruce so that, Dickinson, yeah. But Tate, you know, he's a great singer. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but him and I took lessons from Maestro David Kyle. No, I did not. In know Seattle. That. So cool. I would come over to Alki Beach and I'd walk into Maestro's house and Jeff would be walking out. Oh, wow. And uh, he'd cool. go, hey, Les, and hey, Jeff, what's up? And uh, Maestro Kyle, I think Jeff makes reference to him. Wow. Uh, because he was the guy that really took a, our voices and tied it all together from the low to the top without the break. Showed us how to be rockers, smoky clubs, sing all night, and, and not lose your voice on the road. Wow. It's because of Maestro Kyle that, that Jeff can go out and tour night after night after night and not lose his voice because he was the man that showed us how to do it with the calisthenics of the voice. So that's what messed me up because I never took any formal vocal training so that's why we do two nights in a row and I would be tore up for a week. <laughs> but you know, you Remember? Know, yeah. me, so. But no, you know, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is is that really it's just like calisthenics. That's all yeah. it is. And, uh, well, that's but, cool. But Thank you, Les. That means a really lot. really great voice. That means a lot coming from you, dude. And then yeah. you like, uh, now get, help me with this. Is it David yeah. Bowie or Bowie? <laughs> Bowie? It's, yeah. Bowie. It's, actually, it's actually, well, I guess is if you were angling, they call him Bowie, but the, Bowie. The, but Bowie, but it's it is, David uh, Bowie. We know him as Bowie here in the yeah. States. You know? But you like him too, and he's, he's like huge, one of my giant, favorite guys. So, giant influence ever since I was uh, a little kid. You know? Yeah. In fact, my the, the hilarious story about how I discovered Bowie is my brother, who's nine years my senior, uh, was a huge fan in 1977. Uh, the Heroes Tour was coming to L.A., yeah. and he had tickets, and my parents all of a sudden decided they were going to leave for Vegas, and he was babysitting me that weekend. And my sisters had plans and everything else, so they left, and he was freaking out and had to go get a bootleg ticket, or not? what do they call it? Not bootleg, but what about scalping? He had scalping. To go, he had to go scalp a ticket out in front of the forum, and he took me in to go see the Bowie show, and he said, do not tell Dad, because Dad doesn't like that guy because he's a homosexual. Don't tell Dad. So, uh, Don't so, tell Mom. Now, I'm... I'm seven years old, and I'm getting to see Bowie, and that's kind of what started it all for me. And if you remember wow. our first tour, remember that's all I played the entire tour. I think so. I have a funny story. I mean, the guy is so theatrical. Yeah, what? Oh, he's huge. Oh yeah. no, well, well, it's funny because you know Jimmy and I when we started working together, he see, he always had that Bowie influence. Yeah. To be honest with you, I kind of tried to get it out of him. <laughs> <laughs> You're really, sounding too much like Bowie. <laughs> because you know. Bowie's not metal. <laughs> and we, were doing, we were doing kind of metal stuff. And, and, and I think on the Weapons album, that's what we're here for, I think he's trying to do the, the yeah. uh, Bowie stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's the way he always describes Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what? It doesn't sound like that. Yeah. But I did do that on that. 
Guitar player, uh, singer relationship. I was also producing the record. We were yes. co-producing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm here coaching him through his vocals. So you know, you just gave me that credit to be nice. Oh yeah, right. You produced that album. Hey, Deliverance has always been Jimmy Brown's band. So anyway, but um, um, that's so what I, that's what I got. What's hilarious out of that though? As soon as I left the band, he went right back to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're right. Just, no more Georgia. I can uh, to bug me about the Bowie. I'll do all the Bowie stuff I want. <laughs> the funny thing is, George knew every Bowie song when we were I playing. I love Bowie, but love it just it. wasn't. Metal. It's not metal. It's metal. Yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's all. Well, you when were we... super Joe Metal though. When you got into delivery, I, <laughs> I know, but you were like ultra now, Joe see, Metal. That's, this is great. It's on video. I still am. I love that. But yeah. see, I was the guy listening to Depeche Mode and <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie and all sorts of crap. Everybody hated when it was my turn at the, the, the in the front seat when we were on tour because it was, it was <laughs> all the stuff nobody in wanted to hear. Control the music. Yeah. Control of the oh, music. There you, go. you guys know that how that goes. Oh, somebody's okay. controlling the music. Oh my god. Jimmy's up there. <laughs> you never knew what you were going to get with me. Yeah. Jimmy, I remember. Well, the main thing was, I think, the music is one thing, but how Jimmy put the. Pretty much that was all Jimmy. I put the phrasing and the. And it, was, it was awesome. I mean, it just, well, it happens so right. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, that entire record, it, I mean, me and George just, you know. We went the in there. We just talked about it, the title of that record. Yeah, the weapons of our warfare. Yeah. Uh, that there was something really, really huge and special about the way that went down because, you know, George had come come into the band right when we were finishing recording uh, the first album, and uh, he couldn't be on it because Glenn had already played his parts, and uh, but he took off, and then George did the victory tour with us, mm-hmm. and then when we came home and we started working for working on the the weapons album. We were doing all the pre-production in this tiny little closet that George called his studio. <laughs> and it literally was a closet in Hollywood, remember, on Gower? And we were then there with this four-track and a sampler keyboard, and we're doing all this crazy recording of stuff. But I, it's just each song I would come up with, you know, you know, you know, you know. You know, and then you would go, oh, okay, let's try for the bridge part, and then, oh, we got to come turn around. And then I was like, oh, and then, oh, let's throw in that stupid overhand thing. Show that leg, show that leg. That's one of the coolest licks ever. Wow. Yeah, because it's doing two bar chords. You're You're doing... You're doing two bar chords, but at once. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but the, the, that's amazing. It just, what song is that on? That's Weapons. That's the title track, Weapons Warfare. That we did the video for that was on Headbangers Ball and all that good stuff. And we're just going, I mean, every song just kept flowing. And then my favorite one that you and I worked on was um, Flesh and Blood. Oh, yeah. I don't think that, I mean, it was like number one, our first song that we ever did that was like seven minutes long, <laughs> but it just had every element that. You know, and then the, that was your part. 
George. Good, George. Good move. And then I did that. And then we broke into that. Yeah, I wrote that one. No, you, you wrote this one. And then I put that in there. <laughs> what a memory. You know, what a lot of things were... Oh, my God. What's cool about that, that record is, 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 is a lot of songs were big-time co-writes on, you know, you know. Oh, the whole, yeah. The only two that weren't was Greetings of Death and Bought by Blood. So let me ask you guys. Bob by Blood was hilarious because the kick drum was oh, just single, and then you ended up putting a, <laughs> and George ended up putting a delay on the kick drum, so it was all, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like perfect. It's like so perfect, and our drummer gets it. It, 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 like, it, made, it made Chris Hyde sound amazing, <laughs> even though Chris Hyde yeah. is a great drummer, and he was a lot of fun to be in the band with. Yeah. But, but you even made him greater with this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I even made him greater. You made him greater with, with, with the, that uh, production with the, yeah. technique.
these things flowed pretty well from this album. It was brilliant. This this one. Yeah. Okay, so where were you spiritually at that point? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we had just come off of tour. And I'll be honest with you, man, that tour, I think, woke us all up because it was our first tour. I think yours first tour, my first tour. We'd never been away from home for that long. And, uh, man, just meeting people all over the country that are telling you how blessed they are and yeah, what a blessing you are. And, and I'll tell you what, there were moments when George, because uh, George and I did most of the, the nightly ministering. Mm -hmm. And I would speak from the stage and George... Uh, would speak from the stage and George just had a very authoritative manner in which he spoke my, when I spoke I'm very emotional and and uh, you know I guess it was my Pentecostal background but got that Jimmy Swagger tearful you know ready to you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> by the way we need a million dollars by the end of the I, I wish you would have you know what I should have did that because otherwise it wouldn't have been the pay you in pizza tours yeah but yeah. uh <laughs> but uh no but, <laughs> I'll never forget when a promoter handed us a bag of candy and I said what are we supposed to do melt this and put it in our gas tanks I mean my gosh anyways uh, oh. <laughs> one of many stories oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah 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 but uh but I no, guess I'm, I'm, but, I'm but, getting to something here with I'm but hear we, his answer. we came home and I think we were spiritually charged yeah. And I had been obsessed, I mean, completely obsessed with the Peretti books, uh, This Present Darkness mm -hmm. and Piercing mm -hmm. the Darkness. Mm -hmm. And I told George, I came to him and I said, I want to do a concept record. Well, actually, you came to me with the idea of the concept album. I said, let's do this. Let's do Weapons of Our Warfare. Actually, I wanted to call it This Present Darkness. And then we concentrated on the, the Corinthians uh, verse yeah, mm -hmm. of, of, for the Weapons of Our Warfare. And it just... Like I said, it just, it was me and George literally sitting together in a room, puzzle pieces. It was like, I'd lay one down and he'd see the next one. Mm -hmm. And it, it just worked. It was magic. I mean, it really was a magical time. And I think the album, the album did what it did brilliantly because it was the right place, the right time, and the spiritual element that was behind it. Mm -hmm. And Frank Peretti, I guess Dean Jones was trying to get financing to actually do the, the turn it into a movie, and he wanted to use this present darkness to open the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, but he never got the funding. Mm, so, and I was really bummed. Well, it's never too late. People can always write. Dean, movies. if you're yeah. still alive, yeah. put the record, put it. the you movie know, out. Yeah, Adele will finance it, and she'll make sure we get paid through ASCAP. <laughs> oh, and BMI, <laughs> Carlotta. Even though you're not really Carlotta. But here's the thing about what you guys do <laughs> is that all the stuff that you do is current because when you're speaking about the Word of God, it never goes away. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, so all the lyrics that these Christian bands write, and we tell stories about, from the Word of God, and we sing from the Word of God, yeah. it never gets old. Yeah. It's always current because, you know, God's the same yesterday, yesterday today, today, and forever. forever. Now, I mean, as opposed to girls, 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 you can go, well, that's, uh, that was those guys and then and blah, 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 and it was this. And, yeah. But that mentality was then. Yeah. But the mentality of the Christian bands is what it is. It's going to be timeless. And, and, and it's proven to be that. Because mm -hmm. I know your fans are well, still... Well, because the, the word is timeless. Yeah, yeah, it's timeless. And so, you know, when we're on the side of God. And so the things that we do artistically and the way that it flows and the way he flows through us these, I find that the music, listening to you guys' music, I was going, this is cool, man, but that's not new stuff. Yeah. But it's cool, and it's timeless. Yeah. 
and, 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 and your fans are still saying we want more. I believe it then, I believe it now, that basically it was a, a, uh, an alternative to give kids uh, the same sound of music that they're used to hearing mm-hmm. via Metallica, Slayer, uh, Anthrax, whatever. Testament. We were big Testament heads at the time. And now just putting on the Christian lyrics that gave the spiritual and the ultimate truth perspective. Yeah. And, and that's what we wanted to offer that. To, to the secular world. And believe it or not, um, it worked. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people that, that let, read these lyrics and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, whoa, you know, these guys sound just like the bands we like, but their lyrics are, yeah, and are, they are, are biblical-based. And cool. some people, of course, didn't like it, and some people thought we were probably jokes out of it, but that's okay. You know, I mean, uh, Jesus said, rock, he's a rock of offense. He'll, you know, we're always going to offend with the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. Uh, it's not always going to be received. But, for God, for the people that God started to soften their heart and prepare them for it, believe me, uh, there's plenty of people touched. And, and I only thank God for that and give him all the credit for that because uh, sure wasn't. Jimmy and I sitting there in, in that little closet that you said and, and, mm-hmm. and going to uh, uh, Mixing Lab 1 and recording, um, you know, the Weapons album and Mixing Lab 2. Mm-hmm. Um, we never would imagine that God would have used it to the extent that he did. No, it's, not at all. You know, really, and look, in hindsight, 24 years later, wow. I mean, uh, you know, it, it ended up being something that was much bigger than us. And uh, so Weapons was a, was a, you know, uh, that's what it was. It was bigger than we thought. It, it turned out to be bigger than we thought. And we served Very a Very special God. moment in time. And we serve a big God, right? And here it is. <clears throat>
flesh and blood from weapons. Yeah. Flesh and blood. You want to just give us a quick one? Uh, it's just it's one of my favorite cuts off the record. I think it kind of, kind of got largely ignored because it's a it's a long one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like six what, six and a half minutes. Something like that. Yeah, it's a long song, but boy, there's some really cool. I, I'm really mostly the riffs are awesome. It was well performed. George Solo is smoking during the clean part. Do, do that. Do the hard riff on that. Song. All right, it's a, it's a tough riff, man. What that? It, for, you never get that. Oh, Those aren't easy riffs, man. Those are hard riffs to play, man. So Jimmy is the rhythm master. I will give him that. He's he's awesome, you know. So here it is. Flesh and Blood by Deliverance.
Les, yes. where can people find all of this fabulous music by Frontline Records artists? This show is brought to you by Frontline Records. I used to say records and tapes, but just Frontline Records will work. And where do they find that? FrontlineRecords.us. Wow. That's where I'm going.
Okay, and then this fantastic story about you had a haircut at some something somebody gave you you were getting a haircut at some school fair or something. I'm, I'm Oh the Metallica story. Come on. Oh man, that's so dude, that's that a, is that's a great story. That's probably one of the weirdest stories. Uh you, gosh, you, I'll try you, to kind of, I'll try kinda, to, you know, yeah, cross paths, right? <clears throat> it was 1985. Deliverance was getting ready to start. We hadn't even really started yet, but I, I had long hair and I was growing it. And uh, we had a college and career day at Belflora High School. This girl comes in and I saw her and she kind of looked cute or whatever. So I went over, played like I wanted a haircut, Get got the haircut. trim, yeah. uh, got her number, ended up going to hang out with her. And she's telling me that her brother's in a band. And all this other stuff. And uh, the guy ends up pulling up. And he was a jerk to me. And he went in the house. She went and told him, you know, hey, he's in a band. Try to be nice to him. Blah, blah, blah. He comes out. And he says hello to me. And it's none other than James Hetfield. <laughs> and he gave me a copy of their first album. Wrote, I even asked him, will you autograph it? You might be famous someday. And oh. he laughed in my face. He wrote to Jimmy, James Hetfield, metal something. Or, no, metal up your, yeah. So, yeah, I take it That's home. That's what you do with metal. Okay, and here's what I did. He t I take it home. I put it on. And, you know, the first songs, you know, that hit the lights. And I say, this is garbage. This is the worst <laughs> crap I've ever heard. I yeah. hated the album, bro. It's like that yeah. amp. I hated it's crap. the album. No, I Remember? just... Remember? Yeah, oh, yeah, junk. <laughs> yeah, it's junk. Junk. And I'm listening to it. Good call, my, by the way. My buddy, Jimmy Griffin. You remember Jim, Jimmy oh, Griffin? Yeah, where's he? Yeah. Jimmy Griffin comes over to visit me. He's a high school mate who mm -hmm. ended up going on tour with us as a roadie. That's right. Uh, Jimmy Griffin comes in and goes, Oh my God, you're listening to Metallica? This is so much better than that Striper crap you listen to. <sighs> blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, Striper, Queensryche. Uh, you know, sticks, Iron Maiden. This blows this junk away. That guy can't sing. I go, and he's like, "Can I have it?" I go, "This is your lucky day. It's even autographed to to Jimmy." And his name was Jimmy Griffin. Ah, <laughs> yeah. He took it, and that was the end of it. Well, Ride the Lightning came out, and I was a huge fan of it. So I asked Griffin, "Can I have my Kill 'Em All album back, bro?" And he's like, "No, dude, I've got it framed. It's mine." Called it crap. <laughs> and to this day, uh, yeah, I talked to him like two, two, maybe three months ago. He still has, he it. Still has it, and he's still not giving it back. Oh no, he doesn't tell people it's not. He's not the Jimmy. Oh, guy. probably no, not. Was, <laughs> oh, this is Jimmy P. Brown's actually. Yeah, yeah but no, it's just too Jimmy. So yeah, that's the that's. How did you hear about that? That's an obscure story. Well, and that's I, a real story. I, I tried to a do lot it. of crappy stories out there that you know that have been built and said, and maybe yeah. even I've spread. But that one is for sure true. <laughs> I tried to do some research. You know, yeah. You guys are you guys are amazing. Hey, and, we're just glad to be doing this. The first, it's a two parter, right? Really? Two parts. We got to do another part now. Yeah. Oh, now Les is all going to take it all back. I'm out. Now the I'm, next one's going to be I'm, the bitterness of what a Now I'm out of the spirit. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was in the spirit. I'm going to kill this guy. It's beautiful. No, but this has been this has been awesome. Well, we really wanted to thank George Ochoa for dropping in. Thanks, today. George. You know, George uh, is Jimmy a blast. Up on the way. I know. <laughs> I'll see you in a second. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we're oh, especially celebrating this 25th anniversary vinyl release of Weapons of Our Warfare that's coming out very soon. Rocks Productions is releasing that. So mm -hmm. people can get a copy. And so it was great to reminisce about those times and have two of the original members and writers and really the, the ones who were inspired to put that together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was thoroughly entertained and I'm in the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.